0: Don't forget to take your <laughs> headphones off. Then <laughs> I'm not talking to him for an hour and a fucking hour. Oh, you're wearing them headphones. I'm
1: testing the audio for those people's benefit. Okay. <laughs>
0: now he's mentioned. See, he's still not. He's here. not I can't talking. Can't get it out of my head. He's like, uh, what is it? We've been rolling America. what thirty you seconds. You know, what's it? Warren. You know the brother. <laughs> <laughs> you remember Warren? Think Camry Cameron Diaz's brother. In something about Mary, and then he's going, not What's really. that behind your ear? Because she touched his ear, and he went, Fucking mental.
1: <laughs> you saw, you see. I'm hearing what they're hearing, so I'm seeing, I'm seeing you waiting. <laughs> for it. Like 30 seconds in, he's still not talking into the mic. Can you hear me?
0: I can now. Get this on fucking YouTube. we <laughs> are <laughs> talking about fucking hell. I feel like I'm the one that's been smoking. Um. <laughs> Uh, what do you call it? Something about Mary. <laughs> yeah. And you remember? I her... haven't
1: seen that for a long. time Is that one of your favorite Yeah, movies? he's
0: the big. He, obviously, they, he plays like a, a retired kid. I take him and, off.
1: Yeah. Are you sure. But he wears earmuffs. Talking to the mic. I'll, I'm going to put him back on if you're mean... not talking to the mic. <laughs> he wears earmuffs
0: because nobody's allowed to touches his... it. There you go. And then he goes. I've got a baseball. I found it right behind your ear. And he goes, ah, fucking <laughs> slams him through the table. And the, the remember the, the stepdad. Is she's got a black stepdad and the white mum. And he's like, What the fuck are you doing? <laughs> to Ben Stiller. No. You remember it, right? Dan's looking at me like, What the fuck is he talking about? It. I don't remember. The it, film's man. amazing, mate. <laughs> I love it.
1: Is that how you pass the time between uh, between Birmingham and Vegas when you're flying out? You know I should Something read
0: I should read more.
1: Should you? I should. Yeah, but you get we were talking about this a couple of weeks ago when we weren't recording. Uh, when is we this recording? Yeah, this is same now, part
0: yeah. of the podcast, is it? Yeah. Could be in it. Oh, is it? <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah, let's go. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Have you been smoking? If I know. <laughs> <laughs> imagine me smoking. No, I can't. No, you better okay, lock on. me in. <laughs> um, if um, I move this microphone, <clears throat> guys, then tell me.
1: <laughs> we're looking at, at, at James and Jamie off camera. We've got the Raptors, the Media Raptors. The Raptors. Yeah, yeah. you yeah. like that, don't you? <laughs> <laughs> Prowling arenas at cage fighting events. The raptors. Gathering uh, good content for the YouTube <clears> channel. Um, what was I going to say? You were talking a little while ago, you were on a plane and a guy was moving his feet. Ah, oh. So you're not going to be able to read on a plane because it's too easy to get distracted from reading. Yeah,
0: don't shake. <laughs> don't shake around me.
1: What was he doing? Just, just,
0: just like tapping his foot. I was like... <laughs>
1: I sent you, know, you a video of a guy that's yeah. doing the you same thing. Understand. on I understand. I can't.
0: When I was in Melbourne, there was a lot of. Uh, I don't know what it is in there. You get you got to be careful, haven't you? There was sometimes when you get to China, they eat in a specific way, my, like fucking pigs, <laughs> right? And I can't. A lot of slurping. Oh my god.
1: Their stomach, the thing out and, pushing their and it seems
0: to be it's like i've, I've experienced it more in china than I have any other country mm-hmm. and i was in melbourne and i went down for breakfast and the guy and i i got up and stormed out <laughs> after about I, I withheld it for about 10 minutes there was a guy and his wife sat next to me and he was just like honest to god it was unreal and i was like you know only only so many like <sighs> Stairs and stuff. Look, and I'm looking right at and he's him. He's like it. looking at me, thinking, because it's just a, you know, I don't know what it is. Is it the way that? Is it a culture thing? I don't know. I but he's is. like <sighs> through the tea, and then open, even honest to, I wanted to launch this guy. <laughs> I was so upset that I, I was really enjoying my breakfast. So upset, and I just got up and was like mumbled like something under my breath as I walked past. <laughs> anyway so i was visibly upset but this is an episode that i didn't like it last week when we were in prague i stayed the extra day because i was doing a seminar mm-hmm. in the hilton come down to breakfast on the monday morning chinese couple come and sit next to me i was like <laughs> you fucking not again and it did happen again this guy had like three stations set up <laughs> There was like a plate of food uh fruit and stuff there was like a bowl of uh, he must have took one of everything from the buffet and then he had uh a bowl of cereal so it was like i found it fascinating to begin with so i'm sitting there i'm like looking out the corner of my eye thinking please don't do it again then i was like oh fucking hell and he started but he was going from like one plate to the second plate and then like obviously half chewing it then going on to the cereal and i was like <laughs> i was like in the end just looking uh yeah and then he got the hot drink out and i was like that fucking, that's it I'm <laughs> i couldn't yeah so yeah
1: <laughs> if you have to slurp. it's too hot i
0: couldn't i don't know what it is in china and i've experienced it in china <clears> throat> too throat> you know it's yeah. obviously just obviously not everybody but just the what the they have a specific yeah. and it's cultural, habit.
1: it's a way of showing appreciation for the food. I remember <laughs> the first time I went over there, honestly. Not around me. <laughs> appreciate it, in
0: no way. So it's like the shaking thing, yeah, but it's a disorder.
1: It's, oh, yeah, it's yeah, a yeah. genuine thing. I don't for know what sure. it's called. Someone's told yeah. me, like, I was in a... Well, the the, the sound one is misophonia. Yeah. The sound of people eating, for sure. It's yeah. the same. People crunching. Chewing. And, yeah, chewing. I was in the lift in Vegas a yeah.
0: couple of years ago. Yeah I can't remember which hotel was in but you know i Vegas at peak time it's stopping on every floor and this guy's got in with uh he must have had a fucking whole pack of chewing gum in his mouth and he's going to tan on this chewing gum <laughs> he stood and this is in close proximity in a lift I felt like a fox in a chicken coop <laughs> and I was thinking I'm just going to do everyone in this lift and this guy was going to tan I was like I turn around, I'm I'm not this close to him. I'm just like staring, he's like <laughs> not stopping. and he's like looking at me, going, What are you staring at you, weirdo? And I'm like, Why are you fucking eating like that? You went, Oh God, yeah. It was and and the lift journey It felt like it was an hour long and it kept stopping on every floor and every time it was like peeing and I'm like, you can see that if you you have the CCTV, sorry about this guys.
1: Let's request it. Let's see if we can get the CCTV footage. If you had the CCTV
0: footage of, and I'm like, like the first couple of times, then I was like, I was right on him and he was right in me and I thought I was so upset. I was like, is he kidding? <laughs> We're not putting this on the podcast. Yeah, we You are. can't put this in the <laughs> podcast. Because yeah. I want to swear even more.
1: I feel exactly the same. I though. was full. My sister will tell you, like, all the way through when we were kids, like, she would suck her cornflakes because I get fucking angry. <laughs> it's do. the same thing, it, oh, honestly. I, I, it's I, called misophonia. And the thing with people shaking, that's sensory processing disorder. You're I've, like got in. I've got them both. I've got them both. That's why you're so good at refereeing. Because you're hyper aware in the moment.
0: We've discussed you know? this before. Yeah. Maybe some people would disagree, but yeah, eating it just yeah. But that thing in Vegas, man. I think I was on the 28th floor, and it was stopping Stop ev- at least voice. every other one. <laughs> ping, ping, and I'm like, "Oh, you fucking out." Are you kidding me? People in the lift was like, who's this nutcase? <laughs> <laughs> As the lift finally got to the ground, I was up <gasps> it's like I couldn't breathe. I like, burst out through the crowd, but yeah.
1: Yeah. I'm, I'm going to play this back to my wife so she understands because I experience this all the time. And because We she can't put it, this she... on the podcast. Of course we can. This Because I
0: can go full bore about other experiences. Go on, then. You know, like with people, like if, if people behind me, like you know, the personal space thing. Mm. I mean, what's this going to do? Nudging with me
1: in a line when I'm waiting to go to customs. I've like, physically, you keep touching my yeah, bag.
0: Don't touch. Don't <laughs> touch me. That's what, just don't <laughs> touch me. I've never touched anyone in a line in my life.
1: Yeah. No. I, I, Why I, would you need to? You I, yeah, need just to. don't
0: touch me. And kissing. That sound again. <laughs> People think you can't put this on the podcast, they're gonna think I'm alright fucking weirdo. But yeah, that kissing sound as well. If you're doing it, happy days. If it's you as doing it, but that yeah, noise noises and Yeah. If you're away from me, mm-hmm. if I can't hear it, you're good to go. Yeah. If you're doing it in earshot and I hear that yeah. swishy <laughs> fucking sound, bang. Not to sixty real fast.
1: <laughs> yeah. Do you remember the video I sent you the other week when I was sitting on the plane and I'm on the emergency uh, row? So I've got a bit of extra floor space. You sent me a video clip. (laughs) (laughs) Like these seats, I don't know that they're attached differently to the plane, but it felt like we're on uh, the same plank, like attached to a plank. And this mother, (laughs) this guy is drumming with his legs. Yeah, people go, just don't look. You don't understand.
0: What do you mean just don't look? Because if he does it <laughs> once, then that's it.
1: You know it's there now.
0: Yeah, so what? if a guy's kissing, eating, and shaking his foot, they're dead.
1: <laughs> <laughs> what about people that get up on a plane and use the back of your seat to help them get up? Yeah,
0: that's... Yeah. That pisses me off.
1: Or as soon as you get on the plane, the first thing to do is drop the seat right back. That's another one for my, me. I have to use my knees. That's if, another if one. There's someone, if there's someone kicking the back of your seat, I'm probably sat behind you. I've,
0: I've objected... <laughs> quite strongly more than once on, on a flight as you can imagine <laughs> objected quite strongly i'm not you know if there's a problem you're gonna know yeah but i, I think i'm considerate you know i don't want to do that it's so like if you're yeah like people on an exit row mm-hmm. if you ever if you've got all that space in front of you and you still put the fucking seat back yeah you're gonna get it <laughs> you're gonna get it <laughs> That's just not. That's just not on. Is Have it? Have you
1: got some proper noise cancelling headphones? Yes. Yeah. Yes. That, how differently do they make travelling? It makes
0: it bearable.
1: <laughs> <laughs> it makes. It's amazing that you do as much. And I'm a as window
0: man. I'm not an yeah. iron man. Is that right? Because you hang out, I'll mm-hmm. just keep years of travelling and experience. Because the trolleys and the larger people will bang you as they walk past. At least on a window, you can kind of tilt and yeah. pull yourself into a. Yeah, state of sleep. I always
1: take something to cover my head as well. I put my headphones on then I just cover Same. my head. Same.
0: Hats down. I'll put yeah. it over my... F- just because I don't oh, want... No. no, I've got to cover my whole face. I just place, don't um, want people taking pictures of you lying exactly there it. with your mouth open. Because <laughs> social media is a fucking you know? <laughs> head. <laughs> Straight on there. Look at Dan Hardy on this flight, catching yeah. flies. Boom. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> In economy. Sort of yeah, yeah. With that's somebody
1: it. else's seat leaning on his knees. Yeah, that's what they think they were
0: flying first class and... <laughs> <laughs> and uh, and all these to these events. But yeah, uh, yeah, travelling and noises. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So I, ho- I hope I hope you guys <laughs> I hope you like this part of it. But yeah.
1: <laughs> so you're heading out to Vegas. Friday. Yeah, this
0: yeah, Friday. I'll go out quite late this time. Oh, yeah. Um it's busy time. But yeah, I go out for two, three, five at the weekend. Mm. I can't wait.
1: Yeah. And you we were talking about it before we start recording, you love Vegas.
0: I do love Vegas. For short stints. For what it is. Yeah, same as London, as you were
1: saying. Exactly. I, I feel the same about that. In and out. I couldn't do much more than a uh, three days there, really. No. Uh, I, mean, I lived in Vegas, but it was exhausting. Yeah,
0: but at least you get escape from the... You know, a lot of people think that Vegas is just what it is. Yeah. And for me, it is. You know, it's like a lot of visits there, but you, you know what I mean. The Strip is... With it being the strip is one thing. It's like a carnival. Like mm. we said, it's like a theme park, a movie set. Yeah, because that's what it is to me.
1: It reminds me of the place, the old school Disney Pinocchio. Mm. You know where all the bad kids go, where they're playing pool and smoking cigars before they turn into donkeys. Yeah, that's what Vegas reminds me of. It's short lived. If you stay there for too long, you're gonna make an ass of yourself. I saw some. You know? <laughs> like we were talking about it off
0: camera, and that. But that's what. like is it is like a theme park. Mm. In there for a short burst, three or four days. Sandwich in the middle was obviously a passion of mine with the fights. I, I love it there. You know, I'm not a gambler, so I never get caught out that way. I don't come home with less than what I <laughs> went with. You know, I always yeah. come home with my wages, so to speak. Yeah, but yeah, do I love it's the a positive poli-
1: transaction with Vegas? which Yeah, is rare.
0: it is, and, yeah. the, and the excitement, man. You know, with the <clears throat> when you do like the iconic you know, the MGM for the first time and stuff mm. like that. Yeah. When I got licensed there, it was obviously a big deal for me. It was a, probably the biggest thing that's happened for me. So, um, you know, I owe a special thanks to someone He knows who it is.
1: <laughs> nice. Nice. I remember the first one of the first times I went to Vegas and I was driving down paradise on the way from the, the airport and I saw a guy walking along with just a white vest and what looked like a motel curtain wrapped around his waist and clipped. It looked like he'd come to Vegas and had a great time, lost everything, gambled his plane ticket home, and that was what he was left with. And that was my everlasting, that's 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 the potential. That's Vegas. That's, that's the, yeah. yeah. Yeah,
0: it's such extreme in it. I mean, I've I've saw kind of similar things, you know, it, it is, it's just, yeah, you're trying to explain to people. And it's good, like even outside of fights, it's an amazing place if you take it for what it is. Mm-hmm. Like, like I said, with uh, an amusement park, you yeah. wouldn't live in an amusement park, would you? No. You wouldn't live in a theme park, <clears throat> and that's what Vegas is. You go there, you do everything to excess, you have good time, you know, you go there with your missus, go there with a lot of blokes, do it like with stag do's. With bachelor. somebody else's
1: missus, yeah. as a lot of blokes do. Yeah, it's that, Vegas. that's Vegas.
0: Yeah. <laughs> Vegas, yes.
1: Yeah. It's, when I lived there, What I what I felt about Vegas is it's the place where people come and just just dump all that yeah just they just come and they just make absolute animals themselves. <laughs> yeah yeah and
0: in the summer it's
1: like it's, oh, in it's the, ridiculous I heat in, in May and it was yeah I was cooking as I was moving stuff in from the from the van it was awful yeah I don't like sweating when I'm not training
0: if we walk sometimes in the summer like fight week for instance in yep. July mm-hmm. <clears throat> so when you walk from the hotel now now it's in the T-Mobile. It was a bit better in the MGM because you could stay indoors. You come from your room to the lobby, downstairs to the basement where the MGM was. Uh, but like if you go out, so I remember some dressed in black, black trousers and we had to walk outside to go to the T-Mobile when it first opened. Mm. <laughs> okay yeah sweating before sweating before you sweating even before even got in there like <laughs> viciously uncomfortable <laughs> you know, like, People, yeah people <laughs> in my way boom trying to get straight past yeah. and you could see where it was but in vegas obviously on the on the um on the boulevard yeah obviously the road it's like you know it's like playing frogger mm-hmm. you can't like you can't jaywalk in Vegas. you stand there in the sun until that's you know don't yeah. walk walk then we could cross and I was Just thinking, cooking. yeah, I was thinking, I don't want to run because I'm going to sweat more. So I may as well brisk walk and I was trapped in this <laughs> mindset,
1: but yeah. And you've got to do the pulling of the t-shirt as well. Oh, fuck. Yeah, it's Vegas
0: the... in the summers.
1: Awful. No, no fun. <clears throat> no.
0: Unless you're sunbathing.
1: Right. Before we get into the more serious subjects, I want to I ask you about that video I sent you the other day. Ah. Right. Um, we're going to grab this, aren't we? And we're going to stick it in the video. So you guys will be able to watch this as, as we're talking about it. But so it's. Uh, I'm gonna. Tr- I'm gonna do my best at my my Portuguese pronunciation. michel Peheira per- 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 Peheira 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 per- so So, oh, Tim Dog started a live video.
0: Um, he tries to backflip guard pass. Yeah, yeah. Few people yeah. sent it me that. Yeah, that's where he lands. Okay, technically, his as if was it his right foot. Mm-hmm. It's an illegal action. Yeah, because if you landed. If you backflipped and landed on him, it's double foot, correct. Mm-hmm. It'd be classed as a stomp yeah. because you would land flat-footed on your opponent. And you can kick to a, a grounded opponent, their body, arms and legs, but you can't land feet first yeah. or stomp them in I any be, shape or form. remember
1: when you refereed um, me against Danny Rushton and in, at the Octagon Centre in Sheffield. And he kneed me in the face when I was on all fours. Mm-hmm. And you stopped him and you told him off for that. I you yeah. stood us back up and then... You soccer kicked and then him. And I soccer kicked him in the body. They and he screaming. looked at you like, what? what? Yeah, yeah. I yeah, remember just, that distinctly. Yeah. It was well, one of the best got kicks I've thrown. Yeah. Followed yeah. him you, in the That rips. little sick we'll look, look on your in. face. I've got that. We'll,
0: we'll drop you it You had in. that little <laughs> throw. That was vintage. That was peak. Dan Hardy, that was. Well, uh, to the guys you'd listened before, was said about very few guys looked like they actually enjoyed themselves. And yours truly was one of them. <laughs> Is that right? Yeah, yeah, he yeah. did. It always looked like you know, he was. A, I remember the Ar- Arborello fight as well, mm. that's distinct too. Yeah,
1: that's when I was doing the spinning fist. Yeah,
0: you stopped him, but I remember that sucker, because I remember his corner screaming in because mm-hmm. like, ah, they just don't get it. because yeah. it's not something that's you see very much. But sorry, going back to the video, yeah, yeah. he does the um, he does a backflip guard pass. I mean, he's doing all kinds of things there off the cage. But
1: so what about that? What I mean, obviously fence grabbing is illegal, but yeah. but he's he's not grabbing the fence to stop a takedown. He's grabbing no. the fence to backflip off it. Yeah. That's got to be illegal as well, right? No. That's not illegal. No. If somebody, look. But he's grabbing the fence. Wait a though. minute. Oh, okay.
0: Here we go. Somebody's asked me that before. Right. Let's say me and you are fighting and we separate mm-hmm. and there's six foot between us and then... I just lean up the fence and hold the fence. Okay, the action of holding the fence is illegal. Mm-hmm. But that's when I'm doing something to alter, prevent, or make something happen in the course of a fight. If I'm, like, hanging out on the fence for a second, yes, it's an illegal action, but I'm not affecting the fight in any way, shape, or right. form. Obviously, you wouldn't stay there, you know, hypothetically. But he was holding the fence, grabbing onto the fence to...
1: So you classify that more as, like, a Showtime kick? like Anthony Yeah, he's
0: sometimes. not... If you're holding the fence to 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 adversely affect the fight, mm. you getting back up or stopping your opponent to take you down, that's different. But if you're in free play by yourself, of course, like you remember Charles Bennett,
1: I was just about to bring it up. What about when he sat on the cage?
0: Classics and sportsmen like.
1: So, we, we, so what would you do? Warn him? Would you tell him to get he, off? Of course. Would I you, mean, would if you laugh I, and point, I don't, <laughs> I don't think I do. <laughs> yeah, <but>, what are <laughs> you
0: doing? No,
1: <laughs> stuff
0: like that. You know, you could. When that guy, is, uh, and I didn't see the full video, funnily enough, because a few people, I didn't see all this. Him jumping and cartwheeling off well, the most fence.
1: Most of it's legal. Most of it's perfectly yeah. legal. He's doing a lot of fancy. But stuff. But you see the,
0: uh, that you, well, that's not a even. Lot of it's a, that's a bit. That's a bit thingy to.
1: That's the one I was, more, I was most interested yeah. in, the backflip off the fence where he yeah. like, grabs Look, on. if
0: that's happening to me in that fight, okay, yeah. I'm going to stop that and I'm going to slow that shit down. So I'm going to say that, look, listen, <laughs> listen, <laughs> you just have to put it right and say to him, you know, technically, like I said, if he's holding the fence at that point, he's not using it to gain an advantage. Mm-hmm. But then again, he could be gaining advantage because he's trying an acrobatic cartwheel kick. And he, he may or may not be able to do that mm. when he's in a freestanding position. But when you start doing things, we have some covering rules. <clears throat> you know, like Disregarding referees, instruction, being on sportsmen like that is just, you're not keeping within the ethos of a fight. Right. If I'm running up the cage and jumping, if you're doing like a showtime thing, like an isolated thing, it's allowed. Mm-hmm. I'm pushing and I'm getting velocity or changing direction off a cage, trajectory. But if I'm jumping up on cages, sitting on the top, of course, that's not going to be allowed.
1: So, so but pushing off the fence to strikes, all right. That's perfectly legal. You just can't hold.
0: Yeah, but this guy's jumping on it like a cat like and then backflipping like up. Like a cat. Yeah, or un-
1: Nimbly Bimbly. Who gets that reference?
0: What's that mean?
1: You don't know that reference, do no. you? No. Super Troopers, that's another good movie for you to watch. Although you might not smoke enough weed to understand that one. <laughs> Super Troopers, you boys know that one, right? Yeah. It's a ba- basically it's about these highway patrol. Oh, hang on, we're live. Um, it's about it's about these highway patrol guys. Hello, Mark. Um, these highway patrol guys that are just they're just chaos. They're just mad and they punk everybody that they pull over. It's, some, it's a movie. They made a sequel now. I'll spin this around and Kid Mystery can grab it. Oh, there's Kid Mystery now. And there's Slim. The Raptors. Hey Slim. The Raptors. Yeah, mate. I'll let you grab that. Um. Okay, so what so, so, what do you want to talk about today? Do you want to talk about a bit about the, the Alvey thing? Nah. I mean, were you surprised that Kevin McDonald stopped it when he did? <laughs> I,
0: I could have made a great <laughs> I missed a trick there. You did. I missed a trick. You did. You could have blamed him for all um, that. Yeah, I did. I missed a trick. You know what? I, I don't want to talk about it because, huh. number one, I said what I said. Number two, I don't want to keep it current. And number three, I don't seek validation. Mm-hmm. I don't need validity on that. I've said what I've said. Yeah. Yeah. I, I I just, I don't, but what I was touching on was, like, let's leave that incident. Mm-hmm. Said that, don't need to go back over it. When a referee talks about his performance in a particular fight, um, that's a choice for that referee to do. In fact, people don't, a lot of people don't understand after a fight or if something's happened or some the you know, the worst thing for us is when somebody perceives something has happened, they mm. think the rest made a mistake. We're faced with three choices. Sometimes we're not faced with any choices because a lot of commissions and they don't like you talking. And I get that, you know, because like kind of like what happened with me with Alvi. you know, it's like you're damned if you do, you're damned if you don't. You give an explanation, people are going to say, so what? and they're going to ridicule you anyway. You know, it's the uh, I didn't have to do what I did. It comes back to these three choice things. As a referee, once the fight's over, and people want to question you on what you did, and a lot of the time it's completely incorrect, but let's say there is anything in a particular fight that was up for question or debate. You'll have three choices. First, say nothing. Modus operandi, head in the sand, what are you talking about? Radio silence. So everybody gets left in the lurch Mm -hmm. and everybody gets left pondering and talking. But that's the way of social media. No problem. Second choice. Say something, but stick to your guns and say, yes, I've done that. And if I had the choice to do it again, I'd do nothing different. Didn't put a foot wrong. Third choice. Say something and go, hey, you know what? On another day, maybe i should have acted sooner later indifferent and basically own it so that's your three choices ignore it and let it sweep say something but stick to your guns or in my instance the case that we were talking about say something and go you know what i'm gonna i'm big and ugly enough to put my hands up and say uh, on another day maybe they've done something different and that's all we're left with, you know. Like I said, people don't expect us to, to, to talk. And I get that, you know, for good reason. Even superiors that, that I will report to. And that's why we're not even going back on that situation today to break mm. it down in any conceivable way. Because I've done that and I'm not, I'm not going to say I'm not going to do it again. But it's going to be a long time before I do it again. Yeah, Because i got no... I got nothing out of it Mm. you know uh, apart from maybe a little bit of personal satisfaction to say look you don't know who I am and to me that was character forming you know I'm trying to show you my character I didn't have to do that I can just let people wrongly assume I'm some arrogant hard ass because that's Mm. what most people think anyway on 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 social media because that's what they see the role as a, a as a referee as but you know I don't lose sleep over that because anybody who knows me as a person you, you, you know my ca- character's greater than reputation yeah a reputation's what people um think you are, and character's who you really are, and that's what I'm concerned about, so mm. I'm back to doing what I do best and and I don't say that missingly or fleetingly you know i'm I'm not here to doubt myself, I know uh what I am. But more importantly, I know who I am. Yeah. And that's what's important to me.
1: So so what was it like to get off the plane from Melbourne and go straight to Cage Warriors 101, where we had the main event, where we had the leg break? I mean... Oh, horrible. Yeah, right. But I was... Uh,
0: listen, if anything... <laughs> there
1: you go. <laughs> You're starting to understand why we're called... Listen, the listen. <laughs> listen. Um,
0: if anything, I said about the person who I shan't name... But that little instance that happened to me in Melbourne, if anything, it's inspired me. You've mm-hmm. triggered me even more. I'm about, to, I'm about to push myself. People always thought that when I said, um, I said about a referee, they think when you get to a certain level for a certain amount of time, you switch off. Nothing could be further from the truth, for me anyway. I always said about perfection, you know, being perfect. People go, oh, it was perfect, this. In my instance, in my eyes, perfection doesn't exist but without you know it's no life coach or cliche i always try to be because that's what keeps me ahead Mm -hmm. and even after so many years find me another official that will put themselves out there like i have and and will do yeah um
1: i think that's why it's important though because most people don't and i also think that (laughs) and i'm i don't mind saying this i think there are some referees that people do question and that should be questioned And I think if there's an opportunity sometimes for those referees to speak once they have made what the public would consider a questionable call, Mm. then we can start seeing the character of these referees, understand what they were seeing in that moment and maybe decide whether they should actually be in that position or not.
0: I just don't. You know, like I said, I've done it a few times, um, but it'll be a long time before I do it. I don't want to upset people who I have great admiration and respect for and who I class as my superiors in this game. If they give me advice that's you know, because you don't see it in other sports mm-hmm. and I can I can wholly understand that because what happens as a referee, like I said, that adage of you're damned if you do, you're damned if you don't. Those three choices, speak, yes, no, that's it. Um, and yes, no, being indifference to you're sticking by your guns. Mm-hmm. At the end of it, a lot of people are just going to, they're, they're still not going to think any different. So you're yeah. thinking, why put yourself through that? Why put your opponent or or future things through that? You may as well just Swallow it, put it down to what it is, and then let your... For me now, it's all about action.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: For people to think that what I did was questionable, watch me now. Because it's inspired me. Yeah. Even after 15 years in this game, I've, I feel myself levelling up even more. I've got even more attention to detail. I th- when I went to Cage Warriors, I portrayed that. I was razor, I felt razor sharp when I was in uh, uh, UFC in Prague last week, I felt razor sharp. Mm. You know, when my Purtisoli stoppies and stuff. That's the next thing I want to talk about. I felt razor sharp, mm. and I'm feeling razor sharp. Sometimes these little bumps in the road, it's going to give me a kick up the ass to to, to reflect on myself yeah. and let people know that, listen, there's no harsher critic of me than me. I'm the one seeking perfection. Mm-hmm. I'm the one who's pushing myself to be the best I can for these athletes. I don't take this on a whim. When I do my job, I want to be the best and I want to do the best. And that's what's important to me.
1: Yeah. So let's talk about the Pedasoli thing. Cause th- mm. There are two things I want to talk about. The first one is the Pedasoli. And the other one, so I don't forget it, are the fence grabs. We had two fence grabs, one that was punished and one that wasn't in, yeah. in Prague. I will we on that after. But the Pedasoli fight, so the, the official time was 4 minutes 59 seconds of the first round. Mm-hmm. And by my scorecard at least pedasoli was winning that round i thought it felt like he was controlling the space he was being the aggressor and it just felt like dwight grant was kind of measuring him and trying to figure out his timing Mm -hmm. but when he did and he caught him with that big right hand Mm -hmm. well i'll let you talk what did you see in that moment um when you stepped in and stopped it and the process of you saw him get knocked down it was a bad knockdown perfectly timed punch and then, the, you know, the process after that. So what were you seeing from a referee's perspective? Yeah,
0: well, from a decision-making process, you know, it's... You saw what happened. You know, he steps in. Uh, I think he was throwing a knee. Yeah. Uh, Gumshio goes to row X. He gets dropped face first on the mat. Still there in my eyes. Kind of clambers back to all fours. Grant follows up. One or two or three shots. And you'll see Pedasoli go limp. That's all I need. Mm-hmm. Step in, do my job. Unquestionable. There's no for all, no this, no that. He was obviously understandably up. But I spoke... Real nice kid. Mm. You know, I spoke to him the day afterwards and he he understands and respects. I Like I said, perfection doesn't exist to me. If I was faced with that same scenario, I'd stop it 11 times out of 10. Yeah. It's as clear cut as you're going to get. I think it was...
1: So what about the I'm just doing afterwards? my job. Yeah, I yeah. can't
0: say it was a good stop. It's going to be all oh, a fucking... I was doing my job.
1: It was a good stoppage. Doing and, my job. And, and it, was, it was clear, especially when we saw the replay. What, so what about that moment afterwards? Because this is something that you've said to me that I think is I think it's important for everybody else to hear. You, you spoke about that moment where he's now going to stand up and mm-hmm. you can see his legs aren't underneath him and yeah. your interaction with him in that moment. Mm. So w- w- what do you do? Because he was falling back into the fence and you like instinctively Shadow went him. to catch him. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, so he didn't fall badly.
0: But I want people to see Yes, you know he can see himself, and it helps those guys as well. Because of course, look, he's a warrior, a fighter, all of these things. Of course, he's he understand. He, he's upset. People when they lose fights or they get stopped, you know, it's always the the TKO thing. <clears throat> when they get stopped, they always want to stay in the fight. Generally, by and large, mm. and they always think they're still there. But uh, like I said, we're taking on, on any instance, any referee, on any on any unfolding sequence of events. Like I said, and that's 4.59. You know, at that point, it it really doesn't matter. Excuse me. It really doesn't matter. And that's a perfect adage. When I say, I don't care about the clock. When I think you're out and the lights are off, it's over. Mm
1: -hmm. Yeah. I remember there was a fight. uh, It was Julio Cesar Chavez against Meldrick Taylor. And Meldrick Taylor was winning the fight all the way up to the last round. 12th round. Chavez just blasted him. And there was a point there where they were like, you should, like the guy." The referee stepped in and just stopped it and waved it off. Yeah. And you're like, if he'd have left it another 20 seconds, or 30 seconds, he would have won on the scorecards. Mm. But the referee said the same thing. It doesn't matter at what point in the fight I have to stop it. If he can't defend himself, that's when I stop the fight. Yeah. Was, and that's like nice. a perfect
0: daddage of what mm. it is because what you'll do like in the perdasoli you'll see from a, a damage inflicted point of view, from a concussive point of view, he got dropped as hard as Virtually as hard as you can get to being dropped without the door completely shutting. Yeah. Face down. I let him take that. Then you'll see the fight. But I let Grant seal the deal Mm -hmm. in terms of let him have the door shut. Yeah. And there's no question mark on on what he does. And sometimes you have to... As a referee, I'm thinking from a boxing adage as well. I remember one of my... um, My favourite round of boxing was uh, probably ever was... um, my favourite round of boxing that I can't even... Diego Corrales and Castillo. Right. When you see Corrales got dropped twice in the same round. Mm-hmm. I think it was round 10. Yeah. Castillo, Corrales. Tony Weeks was the referee. He's uh, yeah, fantastic.
1: Yeah. He he was the referee that Connor brought in to help with the... Uh, no. 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 Connor
0: brought in... Um,
1: or, or was he the referee that, that, that actually was in the fight? No,
0: it was Robert Bird who, who was the right, referee.
1: Okay. I know what you mean, though. The guy with the moustache.
0: It was Cortez, right? Okay. Cortez, who I'm was sure, it. sure it was Joe, uh, Cortez, who kind of brought in. But uh, Tony Weeks is the uh, he's is also a licensed MMA judge in Nevada, super experienced mm-hmm. international boxing referee. And that fight, I remember it, it was incredible. Yeah, Corrales went down twice in the in, in the round. Short sure was round 10, 9 or ten. Went down twice in the round. Right. And he's doing all the trick, you know, Gumshield comes out, goes to the corner twice, one of that. And what do you call it? Uh, Gooseman in the corners, like, you know, it was almost, it's like goosebumps. You could, maybe if the guys can cut back to a video in the yeah, show, yeah, we you we'll it. you see him say to him, there he goes, you better fucking get inside of him. <laughs> like he's roasting him. And then he comes out and he turns it round, clips him, puts him against the ropes and Castillo's outstanding. And Tony does, Tony Weeks, perfect stoppage, uh, you know, perfect... And that was very dramatic. And another one that was a good adage in boxing was if you remember the first fight of Carl Froch and George Groves when he got clipped and sh- stopped standing against the rope. And everybody, it was... Um, was that in Nottingham that was, wasn't it? I can't remember where the first fight took well. place. Obviously, the second fight was put beyond the awkward, you know, knockout of the decade. One yeah. of the knockouts was t- certainly knockout of the gear. But the first fight, I think it was John Connor. right. Was the referee? Out
1: of Terminator. Sorry. Out of Terminator. That's John Connor. <laughs> isn't it? Is that not John, John Connor? Connor?
0: I think John Connor yeah. was the boxing ref who stepped in. Obviously, everyone was questioning it, right. and it happens in MMA a lot. You see, especially a standing stoppage, mm-hmm. and I'm quite hot on the standing stoppages because when you're out, you're out.
1: Jessica Penney. That's the one that comes. Yeah, to the I mind. mean,
0: I've, I've said but I've stopped a UFC world championship fight in, in a standing thing because. The thing is that fans and people don't, because what you are not used to seeing in MMA is a fight, most of the time, 99% of fights are finished on the ground, either by TKO, ground and pound, submission, knockout. Mm-hmm. So you, you are used to seeing, uh, you know, a fan and a paying member of the public, everyone watching at home, fans, corners, commentators, nine and a half times out of 10, you're used to seeing the fight ended with somebody lying on their back you know yeah. uh, man or woman yeah. so it's quite an alien concept in MMA specifically when a referee chooses to stop it standing mm-hmm. standing TKOs are quite rare Yeah. you know and that's why it's a, it's an aesthetic thing because yeah. people are oh what's happened there yeah because well,
1: that's what they- Connor said after the uh, the the Mayweather fight he said you know let me fall because mm. that would stop standing wasn't it
0: yeah, that was stop standing. Yeah. Yeah. But
1: then like, I think back to the... Remember when Phil Baroni made his UFC debut? Dave, Dave, Dave Manet. Dave Monet. yeah. Yes. That was a standing team. Larry yeah. Landis
0: was the, the ref. Yeah, I mean, he right? was out. I yeah. think it was Larry Landis, yeah.
1: But, like, there, there, are, there are occasions as well where fighters, they are, yeah. they are knocked out and their legs are locked. Shogun and Anthony Smith. Perfect. That is my favourite stoppage <laughs> of yours. Like, this is a product development. This is a product in development. We need to figure out how to do this. You need like a, like a, like a, um, a, a compressed air canister in your back pocket with a little pack attached to it. So as soon as you see the, the fighter falling, like you did with Shogun, he's been binged with his massive elbow and he's sliding down the fence. And you go and you caught his head so gently. It was it was a beautiful thing to watch. I mean, we could probably set that to some really nice classical music and have you just lower him down to the floor. But I'm thinking what we need is, we need, uh, we need a, a compressed air canister in one pocket and a blanket in the other. And then as he was going down, you could just go, and as he's falling down you just catch him and he's in like a nice pillow that lands pull a blanket over him
0: <laughs> Dan Hardy is sick <laughs> no I mean like I said, it was a
1: wicked is though I mean you were able to catch his head before I've done he it a few
0: times I've managed to catch fighters a few times because you know people have like said that as well I'm, I'm trying to help people understand the mechanics of a, of a referee when somebody gets dropped um, hard and they go down You'd always see me like, I think for a big guy, I'll move, you know. Mm. i Like a cat. <laughs> I'm mm. always checking myself positionally. Yeah. So when I see somebody get dropped hard and you'll see me run in, mm. of course I'm running in. Because at that moment in time, I'm running think, I'll watch him fold and go down, or her. So in my mind, I'm like, yes, 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 it, but no. So of course I'm, I can't nonchalantly stroll over whilst yeah. the guy's teeing off on an unconscious guy <laughs> go- they kill me then Of course, people don't understand that mechanic when you see me run in and then quickly divert I think I'm quite nimble on my feet you know when you see me run in and then quickly divert it's because I've changed as I'm running in, I'm like, yes, 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 yes. But no, because mm-hmm. he shows me a sign, shows me something that's there. Then I'll back out. Yeah. So I'll spin on one or pivot out the other way.
1: Yeah, a bit of footwork, a bit of Lomachenko A little, of bit,
0: little bit of footwork, yeah. Lomachenko. Probably more like Lemoncello, I don't know. <laughs> um, so, so I'm running in to do what I'm doing. Of course, I'm closing distance because that's my job. Mm. At that point, I may be diving across down fighter, said fighter, yeah. to stop him getting unnecessary follow-ups. Mm. So you're seeing people go, oh, why is he running in? Uh, to stop the fight, potentially. Yeah. Because if the guy's out, I want to be there, boom, straight across. Sometimes, and that's how fast the mind works. Yeah. Because at the point I see you drop, I'm thinking you're out. And then as I'm running, that fraction of a hundredth of a second, you just do that one thing. So I know in a cognitive sense, you're still there. You post out, you try and get back up. So mm-hmm. Whoa.
1: Spin and then
0: let it. Sometimes you've got to let it play out.
1: Yeah. Have you ever taken a good shot while stopping a fight? Uh, I think I punched you in the leg once.
0: Yeah, I've took some body shots, but never in you watch now. I'm not saying this. <laughs> <laughs> Saturday I'll get clipped. Um, no, because I've took like some glancing blows, but it yeah. is what it is. Yeah,
1: yeah. Occupational hazard. Of course. So I have one more question for you, and then we can talk about whatever you like. If there's anything more, the fence grabs in Prague, right? Yeah. The first one was. Daniel Tamoor against Chris Fishgold, mm. and it was the first takedown attempt right in the first round, mm. and Herb stepped in straight yeah. away and did up to the point, which I felt was the right hundred percent. Then there was a situation in the John Dodson Peter Yan fight yeah. where Peter Yan I think would have probably completed the takedown, and Dodson grabbed the fence with a hand, yeah. and nothing was done.
0: Okay, I don't. I think I know the instance you're talking about. Mm-hmm. Um, the first instance you're talking about I was there cage side. 100, I'd have done exactly the same thing mm-hmm. because it was a clear and a clear violation. It was a deterrent to stop. There was no question he would have got that takedown that was that was um, stern enough and, and it warranted Herb coming in. 100% agree and stand by that. The second one, I think I heard people, but I didn't see what had actually gone on. So right. it, well, would, my- it would be unfair of me to even talk about that.
1: Well, my, my question about that more, more than anything is, so imagine that circumstance. The first, the first one, the one that was punished by a point deduction, was in the yeah. first round. It was almost the first thing that happened. The second one, again with John Dodson, he grabbed the fence much, much later in the fight. It may have even been in the second half of the, of the third round. And by that point, he'd already taken a beating. Okay. He was already, I mean, f- from my perspective, he was already clearly losing the fight. He was being backed up and beaten up and punched and, yeah. you know, he, he, nothing was really effective apart from one glance and shot you landed in the second. So my thought was, is there, is there a point where you think, at least earlier in the fight, you're going to be harsher with those punishments because they're more impactful on the whole rest of the fight? And does it change if there's only... 60 seconds left in the fight. I think another
0: question you're asking is whether a referee takes it into his mind that he knows the scores, which is not, that's not a, that's a dangerous precedent for a referee to take.
1: Maybe it's more about the momentum of the fight then. Uh, So like if you're in the last 60 seconds and there's a fence grab that, you know, you still stop.
0: Because at the end of the day, whether you, even if you were clear in your mind that you had two and you'd done something that warranted, solicited a point deduction you would have to do it mm-hmm. we can't go I, I know he's we're not there to do that we're not there to be judges we're there to be referees right so it's not you know i'm not saying that i haven't witnessed that and used the same um what's the word i'm looking for uh, the, the the same thought process and protocol at, at amateur levels or, or or what have you but yeah like i said the second is you're talking about it it's not fair of me to talk about it because Mm. Uh, but it's another referee, and and I didn't see it. Yeah. But I did see the the what you call it with uh, Peter Yan, and I think that was I'd have done exactly the same thing, hundred yeah. percent the right call.
1: Mm. So, um, gone.
0: But fence grabs in general, yeah, yeah it's because a, a lot of people. Maybe I could just elaborate on that a, li- yeah. a little bit because fe- fence grabs. You know, yes, it's a foul. Of course, it's there as a foul, and but it's actually. In the unified rules, there's a couple. There's only a couple of fouls mentioned, with some sort of um, uh, uh, you know written direction, and it says that single warnings. So it's kind of like so one of them is holding the fence, mm-hmm. and the second is holding the equipment of your opponent, the shorts or gloves. <laughs> so what they're kind of saying to is there is from a referee's discretion you'll use your own subject bias. You know, you look, it's a, it's uh, you know, it's not impacting the fight. It's not doing anything, et cetera, et cetera. Like we were talking about earlier with that fight, me and you are separated. So you're not trying to take me down and I'm not trying to get back up,
1: mm-hmm.
0: but I'm sta I'm standing there <laughs> hooking my fingers through this fence. Yep. By the letter of the law, like a little teapot, yeah, like a little teapot, by the letter of the law it's a foul it 's an infringement, yeah, but i 'm not doing anything to impact the fight. The guy mm. who was grabbing on and back flipping
1: yeah
0: that that is impacting because he 's pulling off acrobatics that he may or may have not been able to do from a standing position, and it's just getting ridiculous mm-hmm. i we'd get the encompassing on sportsmen like i 'd stop the fight and let 's get some control back,
1: yeah,
0: but with the grabbing the fence, you know again it's and a lot of time people will see, a lot of people will see when someone's hand goes to the fence they instinct he's grabbing he's grabbing and a lot of the time they're not because you'll see it's impossible Imposed, but exactly it's really and the wording will tell you i can place my hand against the fence my fingers can go through the fence because you can't keep them that there wow. it's impossible so my fingers will naturally in some instances poke through the fence it's when I then close elect and choose consciously to close that hand mm-hmm. to gain an advantage, either sweeping, reversing, getting up, preventing the takedown that's when we are um, at will and imposed to do something about it, and all of the times when guys, it's a you'll know yourself it's a difficult position
1: yeah, yeah.
0: if you let's say you're seated and the guy's got a double leg he's trying to finish it, and guys are pushing off the fence. Mm-hmm. And obviously, like I said, you know, before people say, "What do you do as a job?" And I say, "Well, I'll travel the world for people to shout at me because <laughs> it's like a goldfish bowl." But you'll see guys push, and he's doing nothing wrong, yeah, because he's, he's trying to push away from the fence. Has he be doing this and pulling up? That's the infringement. Mm-hmm. But to the watching world, they will just see the hand on the fence, and they will see their fingers go through. But he's not doing anything wrong. It's not an infringement. He's allowed to push and create distance. He's just not allowed to gain any sort of purchase or advantage by closing that hand in. Right.
1: And the same goes for the toes.
0: Exactly the same. In Cage Warriors, if you remember, yep. so he's pointing in Cage Warriors, it was the fight with Brian Crichton and the his name escapes me. Mm-hmm. Um, he had the late stoppage. Billich. Yep. Um, Billich. So you'll see Billich is lying parallel to the fence. Brian Crichton's in side control. And Billich swings his foot up. I watch him get his foot up and then he'll claw and walk around and he got the armbar. Yeah. I stopped the fight. And mm-hmm. I remember, I, started, I don't know, I think Josh and then he picked up an incoming, so I stopped the fight and stopped. And I made him unhook his leg and go back to a side control position. Mm-hmm. Why? Because he wasn't just walking flat-footed up the fence. You could see his toes going through. And a lot of people some people are more dexterous than others mm-hmm. shall we say yeah. that their feet are like hands and some of them yeah, yeah. you know look like primates <laughs> and they're and they're walking up the ca- and they're grabbing and that's also an illegal action people will use it particularly in an arm lock scenario when they uh, roll their leg back mm-hmm. looking for some stability and you'll see them hook the fence yeah it drives me nuts i see a lot of re- referees they're looking at the business end and they're missing what he's doing yeah. or they'll use it to walk up the wall backwards to, to gain traction. Walking and pushing is fine. But you're kind of your eyes are diverting to make sure they're not illegally clawing mm. the cage with their toes to gain momentum. Makes sense.
1: Right, I have one more question for you. And this is relevant to this weekend's card. Um, it's the main event and it's a playlist that I put into this week's Inside the Octagon, which is out on YouTube. Um, I talk specifically about John Jones using destructive techniques. There are a lot of, of techniques that John Jones that uses are, that are destructive, but there's one in particular that I think is interesting. He used it against Glover Teixeira very effectively, and then he used it in the Gustafson fight most recently. The first time they clinched, and what he does is he overhooks an arm, but he keeps a, a bend in the in the underhook, and then he wrenches the elbow up on the inside. And in the Glover-Tashiro fight, he did it, and he damaged the shoulder with it to ba- basically disable that that arm. And he tried to do the same thing in the in the Gustafson fight. So, with that in mind, that seems like an intentional technique that is that is meant to injure somebody. Mm. Now, I don't have a problem with that under the rules. Mm. Where does that sit officially on the rules? It's, it's perfectly fine, legal, is it? Because mm. I was thinking this could be. What som- happens
0: when I have you in a side mount position? Keylock, Kimura Americana. Mm. If I roll off my back, you are defending a triangle, I go to arm a a joint submission, or a joint. You know, if I'm persuading your joint to go somewhere that it shouldn't naturally be going, that's MMA. That's a perfectly legal uh, technique and tactic.
1: So there was a there was a Shinya Aoki fight that stands out to me, and he got. I think it was a Kimura or an Americana, and he cranked it to snap. To snap the arm to damage there was some animosity between him and the yeah. individual he was fighting yeah and he snapped it and then stood over the guy swearing at him yeah like i remember that fight. Is, is there anything is there anything illegal about uh, illegal about that intention and the speed at which you crank no no it, i think that's something that's, i think that that is something that's not understood in mma of course it's that not could, like if i'm inside control yeah. i mean when i was fighting daniel weishall you you were referring that fight weren't you yes, Daniel I was. Weichel, doncaster right so i was in side control and i was
0: what are you doing? <laughs> That's what I remember that, was from that Jimmy fight. Warland, yeah. Jimmy's Jimmy's Leicester accent, <laughs> getting a bit animated with you in the corner at the end. Of the, what are you doing? <laughs> yeah, yeah.
1: Because I kept trying to defend the takedown all the way through the first round, but they had that corner pad in, up against the fence. The Toblerones. The Toblerones. So I couldn't get my foot.
0: Instead of fighting your fight.
1: Yeah, yeah. yeah. So it was fr- so it was frustrating. But anyway, Jimmy was like, "We'll just grapple with him instead." So I was able to reverse. I was in a. a Half guard top position, and I was landing elbows to the head, and then Jimmy said, hit the body and then go back to the head. Great cornering. So that's what I did, and I stopped the fight. But in that circumstance, someone like John Jones that's got that destructive mentality in a fight could start targeting things that would be much more easier to affect that people aren't currently thinking about. Like if you land a clean shot on a collarbone, and you break that collarbone, that's pretty much the end of the fight. But nobody are using those kind of techniques right now.
0: You know, like a karate chop yeah
1: exactly you could use all it to options. the clavicle mm. which used to be a
0: foul grabbing the clavicle but yeah. it's not, it's not found anymore Is that, isn't that a foul anymore? no no no
1: wow okay it's a new tight clinch you could use pull something yeah, onto clavicle <laughs> but uh,
0: no look let's put that to bed let's put it straight I know the fight you're talking about with Ioki mm-hmm. and there was some bad blood obviously what he did afterwards I don't give a damn who you are you do that with me afterwards I'm going to frog marcher you know I'm going to get you out of there because but when it comes to that look you're talking about this is a fight Mm. Dan Hardy. if I'm holding on to your when you fought GSP for instance Mm. you think George cared of your arm broke or not no because you were defending Mr. Stubborn you were doing what you're doing and remember there was a really good video of him he was really pissed off, wasn't he? Not pissed off, was but it backstage. Yeah, he was with so John Danaher, yeah. and he was like showing him the macaque. He was like, "How did he not tap?" Mm-hmm. I go, "Well, if you know how much of a sick, <laughs> belligerent guy Dan Hardy is, that's why he didn't tap." <laughs> you were probably
1: the only. You and Matt Thorpe were probably the only two people that weren't particularly surprised about that. <laughs>
0: we're, we're oddly enough the way the world. I was with Matt Thorpe yesterday. Were you? Yeah, I was How's in he his. Doing? He's
1: coaching a lot at the moment. Yeah, is he is got a he? nice gym. Is he up in Stockage? Yeah, six a, foot four, welterweight. He was a nightmare to fight.
0: Obviously, what Dan's referring to is. Yeah, Dan fought Matt Thorpe many years ago for the for the cage Warrior strap and it's to my mind to my uh, intense and for all intents and purposes one of the best fights that's ever taken place at that level at that time on British soil thanks anyone who's anyone will know and it was at the night of champions 2005 mm. there was nine I think we spoke about before and there was yeah. nine straight world titles one after the other yeah. but not this is cage warriors he was no mickey mouse this no, being um jeff martin monson. campman mm. uh, jeff monson it was bigfoot silver Bigfoot Silver, yourself one after the other and mm. i ref nine world titles yeah yeah That's good times yeah um
1: that was a good arm bar in the first round first round again leaving yeah. my arms out but and the, thought was you, look you're going
0: back to this thing you said about inter- look if i'm gonna if i see a submission and I'm going to dive in it. Of course I have intent. Mm. Now, I'm not saying my intent is to break your arm. But should it break? i oh, sorry. Them's the rules. Mm. My intent is to make you submit. Yeah. You think of Big Nog and Frank Mir. When he had the... Yeah. Comm- everyone's like, oh, God. I remember watching. I was thinking... Because you knew what was ha- coming. Yeah. You knew Big Nog was not going to tap till the inevitable happened. Boom. It breaks. Herb steps in. He'd have stopped it anyway. But I think it was Herb. Um, and, and Big Nog taps at that point. Frank's doing his job. Yeah. He's doing his job. So the speed and velocity at which you attack a limb legally has no bearing on how a referee does his job. Mm. I'm there to – it's a fight, Dan. I'm there to make sure you don't break the rules. If you're trapped in a joint submission, whatever that may be, I can't stop – remember I said before, I can't stop a fight based on a what if. What if who, – who was your ref when you fought uh, George – was it Kevin Mulhall?
1: I think it might have been. Now imagine
0: if Kevin had stepped in and stopped the fight. Mm. Sorry, Dan, I thought your arm's broke. Yeah, well, it fucking isn't. You'd have been pissed, right?
1: would have been exactly by. Remember
0: I what I said about at the professional level, a referee doesn't stop a fight based on a what-if. Mm. If you're locked in that submission, I have to let the inevitable play out sometimes. At an amateur level... We have common sense. I err on caution. I see it extend, I'm stepping in. I'm stopping you, regardless of how angry you get. Mm. This is amateurs. A professional level, I have to let it happen. You know, they had, if you stepped in because you wanted to prevent injury, you imagine that the, somebody comes in, uh, double jab, right hook. And you, oh, sorry, I thought you were going to get knocked out. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you yeah. can't do it yeah. for what you think may happen. Yeah the professional top level you have to base your decisions as a referee on what's actually happened Mm. or happening Mm. if that makes sense yeah it does interesting but yeah like we can't persecute a ref we can't persecute a fighter because he absolutely cranked on that's his job Mm. to actually hang off that submission and you're either tapping to stop it or something grotesque happens and we are um Doing our job technically, mm. and yeah, you mentioned obviously with um, Cage Warriors, really unfortunate, yeah. Uh, Sofian, and, you, yeah, um, and Aspin. uh, Tom Aspinall. Mm. And you know, like I said, obviously Sofian, hopefully you, you know full and rapid recovery, my friend. But like I said on Twitter the next day, you know, spare a thought. He was actually in tears, Yeah. Tom Aspinall. You know, yeah. spare a thought yeah. because obviously all the thoughts are with Sofian. He's the guy with the, you know, the. Uh, the, the severe injury mm. but Tom too you know he, nobody wants that to happen Yeah, he was beside himself in fact I, I, he said to me in the cage what's happened now is there no contest was, sadly no It's you've you won the fight mm. um, but yeah he's a really nice lad yeah. and they're, they're a good bunch of people
1: yeah I, I can't say I'd feel the same if I'm honest you know what I mean you? Yeah. No,
0: you wouldn't give a shit <laughs>
1: <laughs> we, did you referee when I fought Lee Dosky the second time and I broke his arm
0: where What show?
1: Mm, it was like Fight Club UK in mm, Sheffield. No. Like, it was a rematch because he beat me in my pro debut on Extreme Brawl 7. Yeah. I, I threw everything in the kitchen sink at him in the first two rounds. But you were
0: very raw back then. I was, yeah. yeah no amateur. No amateur. Career. He's super tough, man. He'd been around yeah. a long time.
1: Yeah, he'd had a few fights. And he was just durable. He managed to get through into the second round. That was 4.59 of the second round. That, Submission? Yeah. Rear naked choke. Did t- you I go took out? Him down. No, no. no.
0: Yeah, no. Yeah, Lee's. No, I he's a black. That. He's a very solid jujitsu black belt. He is good. Been yeah, around yeah. MMA for a long time.
1: But he's a Southport and a good boxer. So yeah. we're in a rematch. And I, kept, my my granddad was in intensive care, so I would literally had gone, to, I'd I'd come from the hospital to the weigh-ins. I'd weighed in. I drove back to Nottingham to the hospital, and I was at the hospital all night. And then I left the hospital to go to the fight, and then went back to the hospital, and I was just. I was just in this raging wild rage, yeah, and I backed him up to the fence, and I threw this body kick, and he blocked it with his forearm, and he was all right for a second, then he threw a punch and felt that the arm was broken mm. and and that that was when the fight was stopped, but i had a, I had a conversation with him afterwards, and, and honestly, I mean at the time, I was like broke his arm with a kick, awesome, solid chins, good kick, you know, but afterwards, I realized, I mean he's a guitarist, he's a yeah. that's part of teacher the, yeah. That affected his job for a few months because he wasn't one able, able to play the guitar, and uh, yeah, I mean, I didn't think about it at the time. But in hindsight, I'm like, wow, you know, that's especially with what we were getting paid at the time, like yeah. three hundred quid or something. Yeah, <laughs> to have your arm snapped. Yeah, right.
0: Welcome to MMA, boys. Yeah, yeah. And you gotta girls. love it. You gotta love it. Yeah, no, but that, like you said, you know, that's sadly i've had a few fortunately it's very rare i've mm-hmm. had the, the the leg snap before but yeah it's 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 not nice it's it's horrible but mm-hmm. it's it's the harsh realities of yeah. what we do yeah but um yeah hopefully that answered your question on yeah, submissions absolutely remember rumen asato the standing arm break as well i think yeah. it was in shuto mm-hmm. he he was folded awesome his, his, yeah rumen asato mm-hmm. standing arm break he just turned the other way very quickly yeah Standing arm breaker, it's called. And uh, yeah, not nice. Uh,
1: Henzo Gracie against Sakuraba. Same thing. That was a bad one as well. Dislocated elbow. Yep. Mm. Right. All good? That us. I think we're good. Nice. Safe travels to Vegas. Enjoy uh, 235. Hope you enjoyed the podcast. We'll see you next time.
0: Thanks all.